think that the most important thing I realized in my primary school years was that the reason I did well was two things. One, fear. <laughs> like I had a lot of fear, um, which is probably why I now do my podcast on fear and fearlessness, by the way. And then the other was actually having a lot of really great mentorship in my life, which I think was really priceless. What is, what's giving you reason to smile today? <laughs> Your incredibly kind words <laughs> humble me so much. I mean, I'm, I'm such a nerd and I'm so passionate about teaching and education. All of these incredibly humble, humbling words are just making me blush, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, Thank I'm you. glad. When I entered secondary school in Toronto, Canada, which is where we migrated, and then, you know, I was the kid that was just trying to learn English and it was a new culture and I had to adjust. And also um, my family structure had changed. So all of those changes led to me actually being kind of the opposite. <laughs> I was like the kid that was not doing well for a while. Um, and then I had to learn kind of the, um, as, I, as I call it, or as I tell my students, I had to learn the game to school very quickly. Fearlessness to me means interconnected thinking. That's ultimately what I'm saying. I think it's about the connections of the five stages of emotional intelligence. Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education, and hopefully inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organization and online tutoring community for thousands of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, tutorpreneurs, and more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learned about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? Hello and welcome to the 113th episode of the Qualified Tutor podcast. Um, I am delighted to be welcoming on uh, Tanya Kojaste to the podcast today. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Ludo Miller, uh, the host of this podcast. Um, welcome back to regular listeners. Welcome to any of you for whom this is your first time listening to this podcast uh, and it's a real pleasure to bring you on, Tanya. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Ludo. It's such a pleasure. I'm so it's, happy to be here. It's also not, this is not an environment that's unfamiliar to you, Tanya, is it? The podcasting environment is one which you know well, is it not? It sort of is, yes. I run my own podcast, but it doesn't make me less nervous. Trust me, I'm always <laughs> nervous. Like every time we record, <laughs> I have the jitters going. So let's see how I do. I think that I think that drives a good conversation. I think you don't want to be, you don't want to be too complacent in the podcasting uh, space. Sure. Um, but to introduce Tanya just a little bit, listeners, so that you you have an idea of of who we've brought on today. Tanya is um, founder and educations director at Uber Tutors, and also recently founded uh, an emotional intelligence uh, consultancy business, Fearless Knowledge. 
Um, I can see Tanya smiling now. I know that's a, an important passion project for Tanya. We'll be hearing a little bit more about fearless knowledge um, over the course of, of this conversation. Um, and fearless knowledge also happens to be the title of the uh, aforementioned podcast um, that Tanya runs alongside her co-host Ali, Ali Khan. Um, so in the mold of uh, and the well-versed uh, in uh, the teachings of education titans such as Rita Pearson and Sir Ken Robinson, Tanya is a is a student of education um, and the field of emotional intelligence, which is also known as EQ, if you see that um, being mentioned or written about uh, in this podcast. So, I mean, actively improving her own skills so that she can become, uh, she can bring training and professional development to others, teachers, lawyers, specialists, uh, and other business professionals. So if we are able to tap into just 10% of Tanya's knowledge of EQ in education, we'll be doing well. So dear listeners, Tap into your own EQ over the next 25 minutes or so and engage with an expert in educational coaching and a TEDx speaker, no less. Tanya, what is, what's giving you reason to smile today? <laughs> your incredibly kind words <laughs> humble me so much. I mean, I'm, I'm such a nerd and I'm so passionate about teaching and education. All of these incredibly humble, humbling words are just making me blush, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, Thank I'm you. glad. Over the last few episodes, um, if you've been listening in, you'll have heard that we start, we've been starting episodes with a lovely way to get to know the guest a little bit better. And it involves pulling ourselves, dragging ourselves many years into the past to hear uh, the words and feedback and comments of past teachers of our guests. So, Tanya, I'm going to hand over to you to talk a little bit about some teacher feedback that you found recently. Okay, so <laughs> brief overview. I was not born in the UK, as you can probably see from my accent, um, although I'd say that I'm a native English speaker. Um, um, I was born and raised in Iran in the Middle East, and I did my primary school years in Iran. So my school reports are basically from back in the day when I was doing my um, very Iranian education, I'd call it. It was very rigorous. Um, unlike sort of the Western education system in primary school, there's very little time to play and a lot of emphasis on literacy and maths. And, um, you know, the, the top students in the class usually gets a lot of kind of honorable mentions and um, gets like the cool kid rep. I know it's kind of the exact opposite of how school is here. So um, also coming from parents like mine who were very intense in their sort of drive to make sure they have highly educated children. There was a lot of pressure on me, let's just say. Um, and so my school reports basically from, I know this is like awful to mention, but I basically had like 100% in every subject <laughs> from like primary, like grade one all the way to grade five. It's embarrassing. But um, I mean, I would be very afraid to get anything less to be honest so it's it was it was a pretty intense yeah <laughs> um so the feedback from the teachers always was that I was like this like amazing wonderful kid who just like listened and absorbed everything and worked intensely hard to make sure that she's getting you know really tough rates so in Iran we actually follow the uh, French education system and so everything is actually graded out of 20 and not really 100 so if you look at my report card um, I mean, I think in what we call year one, great one, um, is 
all 20, 20, 20, 20, like the course average of the seven subjects of year one was for me 20. I think I started to falter a bit in year two. And that was around the time that my, you know, family was also having some personal issues and things like that, but it still didn't take me away too far from the 20 mark. I think my average was like 19.68 or something like that. Um, and then all the way through. So <laughs> I'm sorry to say it's not an incredibly like um, interesting or turbulent story, but it's, yeah, I was, a, I was a keener and I liked it. But that story really changed when I entered secondary school in Toronto, Canada, which is where we migrated. And then, you know, I was the kid that was just trying to learn English and it was a new culture and I had to adjust. And also um, my family structure had changed. So all of those changes led to me actually being kind of the opposite. <laughs> I was like the kid that was not doing well for a while. Um, and then I had to learn kind of the, um, as, I, as I call it, or as I tell my students, I had to learn the game to school very quickly. Um, and so the game the the game of schooling has become my now forte and passion and what I do. So do you have any any particular pieces of, of, of teacher kind of report that you managed to find? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I have my year one to year five reports. And like, like I said, the, the teachers mainly had commented on like the most stellar student we have, the, the, the dream <laughs> student, which is embarrassing. But yeah, that's what it was. That's wonderful. That, it's so funny to see how that creates the person that you are now. I mean, of all the, the previous guests that we've had uh, who, for whom we've brought this segment in, it's revealed a lot about them. And it's also revealed a lot about the schooling system in which they were, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years uh, previous um i'd love to know tanya whether that how does that feed into your why how does the education you've had and and, and the, the places that you've been moved to as a child how does that feed into your why as a as a tutor yeah it's it's a really great question actually because um you know i think that the most important thing i realized in my primary school years was that the reason i did well was two things one fear <laughs> like I had a lot of fear um, which is probably why I now do my podcast and fear and fearlessness by the way um, there was a lot of uh, fear in me to like do really well and uh, be a highly literate student highly educated uh, and and then the other was actually having a lot of really great mentorship in my life which I think was really priceless so kind of um, the experience of being a fearful kid and also having really incredible mentors at the same time um, meant that I was really observant about just like the dynamics of the education system from very early on, I think. Um, and then when I moved to Canada and it was really difficult to actually adjust to everything there in terms of the academic system, the language, culture, everything. Uh, again, I just became sort of a astute observer of what the flaws or faults in the education system were, as well as the goods and the positives. Uh, and I wasn't really aware that I was such an astute observer of the education system. I just knew that I was sort of either reacting or rebelling or conforming. And it wasn't in retrospect until I was in university and saw some of the patterns um, showing up in the earlier education system, also showing up in university that this actually became a thing for me. Um, and I always dreamed of 
correcting some of the issues in the education system because I just thought they're like, you know, we're losing sometimes incredible minds um, and incredible souls in sometimes rigid and emotionally unintelligent, <laughs> dare I say, education system sometimes. So, And a large part of what you do is around obviously EQ, as, as I mentioned, and, and that can be something that we are able to educate children and adults on in order for them to, to see you know, their value, to see their importance, to see uh, the people around them uh, with empathy, with compassion, all the, those kind of things. And what you're talking about there, I think, is, is, is really points to your work in, in the field of EQ. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about the teaching of, of emotional intelligence in, in tutoring? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be honest, when I set up Uber Tutors in 2012, my kind of framework around it wasn't necessarily emotional intelligence. I just wanted to have a really great and quality tutoring company that stood out like in the market in the UK. Uh, and I and I knew that I really wanted to have some really quality tutors and um, thinkers like myself, so like-minded people who were uh, a bit of a sort of know-it-all, um, could cover various subjects, various ages, were really people, people, what's the word, people persons? <laughs> yeah, people persons. Um, and really actually, without officially saying so, emotionally intelligent. That's what it was in the sort of underlying factor. And so I started off hiring a whole bunch of tutors for our team and doing interviews. And I found that the commonality between the really great tutors that kept getting sort of hired and staying with us and doing an incredible job with the students and helping them like really rise their levels and their confidence was that they were just incredibly like high in their EQ. Um, it wasn't just that they knew maths really well or that they knew the curriculum from GCSE and A-levels. It was that they really related and unpacked the self-awareness of the student and empathized with them, got to the root of their challenges and issues in learning and help them resolve them in practice. Um, and that's actually what I think distinguishes a tutor as well from a teacher is the ability to facilitate that sense of self-awareness and the challenges and obstacles and helping them in practice overcome them. Whereas teachers typically don't have the time and frankly, the resources to do that. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of how the journey started with Uber Tutors. And then along the way, um, because I had set up this brand of tutoring, mentoring, or emotionally intelligent tutoring, um, I just kept getting invited by different institutions and professionals to come and do keynote speeches or to come and do some training for their own staff or to, you know, schools would invite me to do training for their students and that sort of thing. And um, I guess, yeah, it was just the invitations that kind of made me realize, oh my gosh, maybe there's a thing behind emotional intelligence and this is actually a new market or a new demand. Um, but, or maybe it was actually an old demand. It was just that it wasn't really precisely addressed before and I was getting invited to do it. So then that kind of took me on the extended journey from Uber Tutors to setting up Fearless Knowledge. And I mean, it's in its very, very humble beginnings right now, <laughs> you know, so, but I'm, I do have the passion of, and or the desire of taking it forward and making it much bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, could you just tell us a little bit more about Fearless Knowledge and perhaps as um, you know, a deep thinker and, and a great visionary that you are, Tanya, where also do you hope fearless knowledge can can go? 
Yeah. Um, I think I kind of also didn't answer entirely your last question. I'm sorry about that. I think, I think you'd also ask me to unpack emotional intelligence. So I'll do that. And then it kind of ties into fearless knowledge too. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think, um, you know, if you ever kind of read or listen to any of the bigger experts in emotional intelligence, like Dr. Daniel Goldman is known to be like the father of the term. Um, there are actually five stages to developing emotional intelligence. They are namely self-awareness, emotional regulation, empathy, meaning and purpose, and social intelligence. So the idea of a emotionally intelligent tutor, teacher, trainer is that they're basically self-actualized in these five things as much as possible and or they are consciously and intentionally on the purpose of, uh, sorry, on the, on the journey of um, developing themselves in that way. And then they're passing on, obviously, the skills in these areas as well. So um, fearless knowledge kind of, like I said, it, it, it was a product of um, Uber tutors initially, me being invited to speak to professionals. And um, there are key sort of things these days that a lot of professionals and even schools and institutions want to work on in terms of internal development or learning and development. And that's typically called <laughs> diversity and inclusion these days, um, meaning that they actually want to address issues around leadership coaching or leadership adversities, um, communication improvement, uh, sort of sometimes race and gender matters from an emotionally intelligent and wholesome perspective, Um, just a a holistic, and I hate that word, but like a holistic approach (laughs) to internal soft skills, another term that I don't like, but these are the terms that are used and that's what I was being called to do. And so fearless knowledge is um, doing that. Plus I would say that the pedagogy a niche that I really like to apply is a lens of fearlessness and uh, working on what it means to be fearlessly inclusive, fearlessly a leader, a fearless communicator, um, and uh, a team developer. So those are that's that's the connection there. Okay, so that we have many tutors listening in right now. I I I know and also listeners who count themselves as, as teachers uh, or as um, you know, specialists, mental health specialists, many different positions within the wider education system. How can they apply the word fearless to what they do? What an amazing question. I'll have to think about that a quick second. Um, I think fearlessness to me means interconnected thinking. That's ultimately what I'm saying. I think it's about the connections of the five stages of emotional intelligence. So being an incredibly self-aware person as much as possible at any stage in life. So a teacher or coach, a trainer of any kind, a tutor who is incredibly self-aware. So they know what their, um, you know, sort of strengths and triggers are. They know how to sort of emotionally regulate themselves in any given situation. They know how to extend that now to another person, which is called empathy um, they hopefully or ideally have a meaning and a purpose or a drive behind the things that they do, uh, and they can have a clear articulation of them. And then connecting or interconnecting all of these 
creates for social intelligence. So they can extend that self-awareness, that empathy to wider topics that are sometimes even political or social. Um, and like thinking about the education system and critiquing it and or having an honest and transparent perspective that's articulated as a tutor, a teacher, a coach to the parents or to the student. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I, I really love the idea. I think it encompasses lots of threads of thinking that uh, both we value qualified tutor very highly and also members of our community and, and, and wider individuals that we've we've come across in our journey it ties together those, those threads very very nicely that idea of inclusivity of empathy of patience of um, knowledge I think fearlessness ties that in very nicely and also I love the way that it has that element. It has the word fear in it. I know the word is fearlessness, but the word fear evokes, you know, a slight evokes, you know, the feeling of challenge and and the feeling of, you know, the unknown. And I think those two things are very important in education, both for the tutor and for the, you know, both for the teacher and the learner. Um, Absolutely. But how does then, how does the mainstream how does mainstream education approach fearlessness? And if you don't think that they do it in a very good way, how how can we improve this? Also a really great question. Um, I mean, as I was saying, I think that the that, that that those five interconnected steps for me are the epitome of enacting or acting fearless, right? And I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And that's why there's a challenge there to rise to fearlessness because there's so much vulnerability um, involved uh, in in that process. And I think it's a challenge for a lot of people that have maybe grown up and or been trained in more traditional settings um, and institutions who don't necessarily uh, allow um, vulnerability to be expressed or empathy to be expressed. And frankly, or really transparently speaking, when that's one of my critiques of the education system and of the school system is that as much as individual teachers might try, the system doesn't actually necessarily create the space uh, to have a way or a method that's incredibly emotionally intelligent and or fearless. Uh, it's, it's a lot of rules and status quo and contained approaches and I'm all for structure you know I'm I am also <laughs> a trained lawyer in my background as my background so I do understand law rules order and all of that stuff but I also see it as a necessity to actually be to demonstrate vulnerability uh, as teachers as education designers as all sorts of things so do you see those two terms as, as as very closely related fearlessness and vulnerability I think so. Yeah. So the idea that you're able to kind of do that interconnection between self-awareness and empathy and emotional regulation and to show up as someone who really genuinely cares for uh, students and learners, who genuinely thinks on their behalf and also fearlessly teaches critical thinking without holding back, that's an incredibly fearless thing to do, for sure. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of teachers may shy away from actually really deeply, truly getting into critical thinking and teaching critical thinking for the fears of X, Y, or Z, fill in the blanks. Okay, 
Let's go. Welcome everyone to this, uh, the uh, 11 a.m. event on Monday the 24th of January at the Love Tuning Festival. Okay, here we go. So, the first prize that we are going to give away today is... Number nine! Number nine is... I, I need an extra monitor, that's what I need. So, welcome to uh, the 2pm keynote at the Love Tutoring Festival uh, day to Tuesday the 25th of January. It's 2pm uh, UK time where many of us here are based. Our speaker today is Michael Bungate-Stanier, who is um, a, as you can see here, Wall Street uh, Journal best-selling author on coaching. Maybe I hand it back to Ludo as a kind of what needs to be said to wrap us up here. Well, uh, Michael, you've made my job very simple. There doesn't really need to be much more said. That was um, that was world class. Yes, for those of you wondering, those were just a few highlights from the incredible Love Tutoring Festival 2 that took place at the end of January of this year, 2022. The big news from Qualified Tutor and the Love Tutoring Festival team is that we're back from Monday the 27th of June to Friday the 1st of July the Love Tutoring Festival 3 will return. The focus of this festival is on alignment and new beginnings. The festival will have a slightly different feel to it, but all of the main tenets will still be there. A host of amazing speakers, including world-renowned leaders in education, such as Paul Dix and Craig Barton, will be joining us for a festival fanfare of training and of connection. Those are the values which hold the Love Tutoring Festival together, and those are the values that we want you to come and take part in over the week of the festival. Head to qualifiedtutor.org slash love-tutoring-festival or simply head to our website qualifiedtutor.org to find out more and book your ticket today. That is that's something that you must have learned over your years of of working in education. I, I don't think that's something that you appreciate as a novice educator. Um, and I'd love to tap into that a bit more. I mean, what, what would you say your years in tutoring have, have, and teaching have taught you about the importance of teaching kids these, let's call them soft skills, even if that's not the, the right term, skills like leadership and, and career development. What, what, what have you learned about teaching kids those skills? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think for me, the whole journey of wanting the education systems, teachers and um, school to be fearless or to be emotionally intelligent started as me as a student wanting that so badly. Um, I kind of lacked that and I saw that as the big gap that existed. So when I did have the chance to set up a tutoring company and become a head tutor and have other tutors around me, this, this just automatically became this sort of ethos. Um, and so what I have also learned in the process of doing all of this or applying it to my tutoring company is that, you know, I'll come across five-year-olds who will tell me in all honesty uh, because, you know, I always provide a consultation, in-depth consultation, before we actually tutor match or send a tutor to any given student or family. 
uh, and, you know, I'll have a really in-depth or meaningful conversation with even a five-year-old. And a five-year-old will sit there and tell me, as long as I'm speaking to them with genuine care and they can sense that, and they can sense that I truly am making a connection with them and really want to know who they are and why their parents want a tutor for them. And the five-year-old will tell me, you know, I really struggle in school and I have a lot of, and they'll like touch their tummy and tell me, I feel pain. I feel pain. And I'll explore that and I'll say, why do you feel pain? Tell me, where do you think that pain comes from? Or when does it start? And they'll say, you know, I feel like my writing is very slow, but my thoughts are very fast and I'm not able to write my thoughts as slow, (laughs) you know, as slowly. And so my writing ends up becoming rubbish, but my thoughts are really big. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) yeah. And, uh, you know, I find that incredibly vulnerable and sweet. And sometimes their parents just sit there kind of in shock that their child expressed so articulately and so simply academic anxiety. That's kind of one of the gaps is that we don't actually think when we're teaching a five, six-year-old literacy skills that if they're really intelligent, they're actually probably thinking way faster than they're able to put sort of pencil to paper and scratch that paper and create sort of the, the perfectly shaped letters that will then express their words, that will then express their thoughts. And, and it feels very scary to this child that they're, that they're now being also assessed or graded or reprimanded or whatever for the fact that they're writing Uh, processes and matching their thinking process and so they'll think that they're stupid that's what they'll tell me is that I think I'm stupid because uh, there's there's something going on I can't write as fast (laughs) and um and and so that helps me really understand then what kind of tutor I should actually organize for this child and an incredibly patient person who will constantly remind them that they're very smart in any ways that they can, especially to ask them about their thoughts or their opinions and help them to articulate orally. And then to also tell them constantly that it's okay that they're writing as way slower than their thought process and that eventually one day the two of them will match, you know, and, and I will completely be imperfect because even as adults, it's an imperfect process. Um, so that's, that's just like the example of a five-year-old, but, you know, you can imagine... Um, Uber Tutors also was is the pioneer of university level tutoring. We started it in 2012 um, because I saw such a critical need for university students to also have mentorship um, beyond sort of academic just teaching. Uh, university students feel incredibly isolated. It's for the first time that they're leaving home, that they're, uh, you know, in complete sort of isolation in terms of independent learning their lecturers aren't really teachers anymore that handle them they actually have an expert in a subject that's speaking at them uh, and you know they have to develop so many um, they have to adjust in so many ways on their own um, and the best that they'll have is maybe a community of friends that could maybe help and so uh, the idea of having a mentor for university level students, I thought was incredibly important too, because I'm aware of the statistics, for example, of uh, university dropouts in especially first and second year. Um, It's something like akin to in the UK, like 30%, if not more. 
uh, and and I think that that's such a loss. So I wanted to kind of catch those sorts of students ideally, and to be able to provide them with a sense of vulnerable teaching to to show them that actually it is a lonely process. But again, if you learn the game of school and you plug in the specific things that the university is asking for and time managing well, that you, you know you will be able to get your confidence back. <laughs> so. I, th- I think it's so, so powerful that you started that answer with, with how vulnerability, vulnerability comes across for a learner because I, it's not always easy to spot. And it, as you say, it requires active remedial work from the tutor to, to reinforce to the student that they're doing well and that it's fine not to be perfect. Um, I think any tutors of you listening, that, that's a great thing to start thinking about if, you, if you're not already. Is It's how you can be encouraging students that whatever their level is they're doing well and that it's not the end of the world if if they're not perfect um that's right because but unless tell them yeah unless a tutor is really mindful and again self-aware to kind of tap into whether or not they've had that almost training informally to be taught or to be mentored they won't necessarily know how to pass it on right And it's an innocent flaw to have because if I haven't been taught or if I haven't seen in practice what an incredible, vulnerable mentor um, that opens me up looks like, I won't know how to do that for someone else. So, um, I mean, I've I've been lucky or privileged in some ways to have had that, but I have to admit I haven't had like amazing top-notch style either. So a lot of that was also learning for myself independently how do I really truly listen and tap into the vulnerability of children and get that out? And then how do I, how do I remedy that as I'm teaching maths or I'm, as I'm teaching whatever I'm teaching? And now a quick word from last week's guest, Sean McCormick. Hey Ludo, Sean McCormick here. So what I learned from being on the Qualified Tutor podcast is that the education community is strong. Being able to discuss executive function with you, Ludo, in the UK was an amazing opportunity and it just made me realize that across borders, across oceans, people are concerned about the same issues in terms of helping students experience success. So that was what I learned is that this is a global community and that I'm a part of it. What I enjoyed being about being as a guest on the podcast was being able to just talk education with a colleague. I think it was a lot of fun to discuss executive function, to talk about teachers that had had an impact on us as learners. And so just being able to enjoy that camaraderie with you, Ludo, was was my favorite part of being a guest on the podcast. And what I would say to future guests is go back and listen to the episodes. I know I'm guest 112, but there is 112 episodes of gold there. I know probably one of my favorite guests is Mike Michalowicz, but I think anyone who's going to be a future guest, there's something in those 112 episodes for you. So go back and listen. Hope this is helpful, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Tanya, thank you for sharing these 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 nuggets of wisdom, these these pearls of wisdom. Um, Such a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I love the way that you, you were talking just there, wrap, wrapping up about Uber Tutors uh, and what Uber Tutors has done for the tutoring market. Because just before we finish here, 
I'd like to ask you, what's next for Tanya Kudasta? <laughs> um, I mean, Uber Tutors is my first baby, <laughs> my business baby. Um, and I'd love to see it actually scale more. Uh, so that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to is scaling and um, maybe even passing it on to someone else who would like to take care of the baby and now raise it into an adolescent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I, I love think. the analogy. Yeah. So, um, and that's because I kind of also want to move more formally uh, into the leadership coaching and diversity inclusion stuff and fearless knowledge. Um, and I'd love to operationalize these kinds of trainings for schools um, to create a model actually for schools, for universities, for professionals, law firms, even, <laughs> you know, so that's what's next for me, hopefully. So just a few things then. Just a few things. Just a few. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Much, not much, just, just, just passing the business on, Launching a schools run project for fearless knowledge, launching EQ into the curriculum. Yeah, no, no, it's just yeah. Just a well, few goals. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mention any timeline, so we'll see. <laughs> Remember, I'm the kid that in primary school was taught that I have to do really, really well, and then I had this like sort of slip into not doing well. So I tend to take my time between doing well and really not doing well. <laughs> as as well, you should, uh, Tanya. Thank you very much um if you want to find out more about uber tutors ubertutors.co.uk is where to head if you want to uh, and i urge you to have a listen to uh, tanya and ali's podcast fearless knowledge then you can just tap that into google or it will be in the show notes of this episode um there's also a ted talk that tanya gave um not that long not too long ago so uh, that'll also be in the show notes because i would love uh, you uh, as listeners to to find out more about tanya after this um tanya thank you so much for that that was that was a really thorough look into what you do and also and crucially um you know the emotionally intelligent tutor i love that title i think you should own it uh, and i think people should should uh, attribute the, uh, you with that so thank you for introducing that to my to my vocabulary and hopefully to the vocabularies of, of lots of others listening. Oh, that is so, <laughs> it just makes me shy and blush again. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Very Thank kind you. of you. Tanya. A pleasure. And we will see you all next time. Cheerio then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org slash training to find out more about our CPD accredited and Ofqual recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor.